Salutation, y'all, and welcome to Azeroth Coast to Coast. I am technically full of stars. It's me, Gavril, and these are the poets they should have sent. Mr. Chris. Hello. And Mr. Kevin. Hello. Last week, we talked shop with our buddy Nikolai about 7.3 and about all of us being just super, super fucking casual. This week, we're battening down the hatches, seeking higher ground, and diving headfirst into some information about the Draenei and Argus that you, the uninformed, may not have known. And now, we're going to walk a thousand miles to fall down at your door, right into this week's show. Boys, how are we doing this week? Great! Wonderful to hear, wonderful to hear. I am doing fantastic myself. Mr. Chris, how has your week been, buddy? Um, I had a good week, but I also had a shitty week. Okay. Um, my cleric kicked the bucket in Dungeons and Dragons in our campaign. Aw, did you Aww. face check a corner? No, our Dragonborn, our Dragonborn decided to uh, thunder wave while I was standing next to him, and I failed my saving throws. Uh, 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 I rolled a four and then a nat one. Oh, you got a cataclysmic failure. Yeah. Well, what let me guess. Was it? It, it was only, we were only like level seven, level eight, so it's not like we were very far into the campaign. We started at level five, so we weren't very far into the campaign. But my dragonborn fucked me. Um, did you uh, did you all use a uh, critical failure table? No. You should was... have used a critical. You should have used a critical failure table to determine what happened. You could have actually survived. No, we didn't use critical failures. We just uh, it was we had the three saving throws. If it was a nat one, it's two save two fails, and I failed. So. See, I always liked homebrewing uh, nat uh, my own critical success and critical failure tables. That was always the most fun. However, I am now playing uh, a gunslinger. Why Homebrew are you playing a gunslinger? Because I've been watching a. A ton of critical role, and Percy is like my favorite character. Oh God! Welcome to D and D cast. I Welcome love D and D cast. Jaffrey. We're going to talk awesome. about uh, this. Is, this is Gygax cast. Uh, we'll be talking to you live about Dungeons and Dragons for the next hour. Yeah, I'll do that. I'm totally no. up for that. <laughs> no, no. Just I ha- I actually haven't had a uh, a D and D group in a long time, so I actually have no idea what the fuck's going on anymore. I think the last time I actually played D and D was like two point five or three. Fair enough. Like I kept up with like fourth and fifth edition, like the wowification of Dungeons and Dragons, but like, I haven't kept up with it in years. Um, what else are we doing? Uh, Destiny Two beta, so much fun! Very hyped for Destiny Two. Very excited for the PC release. And uh. Just real quick, it's like Kevin and I were just talking about this, and he's like, well, are you going to be playing Destiny 2? And I'm like, I probably won't, because I don't like being treated like a second-class citizen. Because you get the game later? A month and a half after launch, because it's already out on PC. Oh, it's already out on on PlayStation Xbox. Yeah, it's already out on PlayStation Xbox, but I don't care. The PC launch won't be until mid-October. I I don't recognize consoles. I get to run it through Battle.net, and I get to play on the... The uh, platform that I'm most comfortable with. So I'm happy. Um, what else did I do? Uh, wow, I have swapped to Desolin Priest for reasons. Okay, so you've been demon main tank, demon hunter, mm-hmm. uh, DPS. What was it? You were beast master beast, beast, hunter, beast okay, master hunter, yep. and now you're a discipline priest. Yep. So Why? essentially, every single tier this expansion, I've had to swap. Why? <laughs> 
Uh, same reason. Same. Kind Somebody of the got same pissed reason. off. Somebody got pissed off. We now uh, our one of our tanks has swapped to Holy Priest, and one of the healers swapped to tank, and one of our other healers has left. So and you got stuck with bitch. Duty. And now, and now he's decided he's coming back, but he wants to be a a Windwalker monk. So I just went back to my roots and to what I'm good at, and I went back to Disco. It's completely different from the last time I played it because I haven't played it since Pandaria. Well, but it's so much fun. At least you're staying alive. Oh, it's so much fun, and you're uh, extra purple, uh, uh, and they're extra uh, purple stay now. Alive. Stay um, alive. now with more purple. And last but. This is more of a shout out. Uh, I'm doing uh, something on YouTube with one of my friends called uh, from my old US WoW Guild from Cataclysm, Crashbang. Uh, he is DMing a homebrew D&D campaign that I'm going to have a link to in our show notes somewhere for people if they want to check it out. It's a lot of fun. If you've never actually experienced D&D, we're not, it's, it's just kind of fun. If you've ever watched Critical Role, this is just kind of like us being ourselves and just having fun. So you should watch it. It's fun. All right, Mr. Kevin, you're weak, buddy. Go. I have been doing a lot of WoW-related things now that I've put down the Albion online. Let's start off with some rating. In rating news, we got down the Desolate Host on Heroic. That was fun. And we wiped like crazy on Maiden because Woo! Maiden on Heroic sucks. Um, what I'm finding is that um, there's a lot of like there's a hammer mechanic where she like hits the ground and not enough people are standing in that little area. And I've I've like been insta killed like many times on that. So, Chris, what has your experience been like on Maiden? Uh, we one shot her on Heroic. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> hate you. It's the exact same fight. There's the only difference from normal and heroic is that the slow fall that for the bomb when you jump in the middle doesn't yeah. really exist. That's the only difference. Yeah, and and when she hammers, the opposite side gets little dots on the ground. They have to avoid it, or else they get bombs. And there's a, it seems like there's more bombs. Yeah, but the bomb. But the only real major difference is the bomb mechanic. And avoiding extra shit on the fa- on the floor, we one shot okay. it. Well, all right, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> Avatar's a bastard. He's an absolute god on heroic. Like, yeah, I can't wait for that too. Um, I also did some more fishing. So, um, this the through storyline. If you're keeping up here, is I'm trying to max out my fishing artifact weapon so that I can fish a lot of fish and then uh, sell. Um, the feasts on the auction house for bank because they're like still going for like 700 per right now. So right now I'm at two out of three on rune scale, rune scale Koi and fishing in Suramar is really fun. You get a little Murloc and it runs around and drops fish and you run after it and you pick up all these like rare fish and regular fish that default that drop. So that was really cool. I did that last night. That was fun. Um, I also, because I hate my life, started doing the Dalaran Fountain uh, quest or achievement. So I'm trying to fish shit out of the Dalaran Fountain. I have two coins left, and that's been an absolute slog. It actually put me to sleep last night. It was actually really, really a good thing. I haven't decided to... 
I haven't decided if I'm avoiding that one or not because I did it on two characters back in Wrath when the original one came out. I haven't decided if I'm avoiding this one or not. This one's easier. What I hear. It, what I it, hear. Chris, there's um there are uh lures that you use that increase the chance you get coins. Oh. I might have a look at that then. I didn't know that. And in other news, I've been making bank off the auction house. Um, I went from around 40K up to 90K. So I am learning. I am learning and I'm becoming in a, whatever you call it, the underfoot goblin nonsense. Undermine goblin. Undermine you goblin. are goblin. Yeah. They're just called goblins. People that play the AH are called goblins. Okay. Well, I am a gnome and not a goblin, so I take offense to that. But, but you're both I'm short. To make some and decent money. You're all short. Yeah, you're well, not real people. And mechanically inclined. Gnome lives matter, guys, okay? They we don't. are different. We are different. I'm um, a night elf. I don't... Gnomes aren't people. I'm a Draenei. I'm 20,000 years old and don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm I'm a night elf and I'm young compared to him. <laughs> All right, shut up, you damn space goat. Um, <laughs> um, what I'm seeing is making the most money is reselling enchants. People are just making shitloads of them and selling them for under... 100 gold a piece and i'm reselling them for around 300 gold a piece so that is making me shitloads of money and raw gems are still going really well even the green ones so Mm -hmm. if you do that then hey there's a way to make money still yeah i'm probably gonna go empty out all my gems at some point soon Mm -hmm. and in big gamey ribs news i am down to nine thousand. oh god you're still selling them (laughs) oh this was from like the last you. episode I was on, and that was like that middle was like of August. Three episodes ago, two or three yes. episodes ago, I ended up buying close to twelve thousand. That sounds like a you problem. It, it does is. sound like a you problem. <laughs> it is a me problem. <laughs> but guess what? People are still buying big gamey ribs in droves from the auction house. So because you emptied I, the market by buying them all. I know. I did. I did. <laughs> I, my my latest theory is that someone had like 200 blood of Sargeras and they just bought as many as they could and then they sold them on the auction house. That's my latest theory. That's dumb. I think it's still an exploit or something happened at some point. I think yeah, you're still well, just dumb. <laughs> prices have not rebounded. I think I might have to save up and then dump them later when they're higher anyway. Uh, and then I've been doing a lot of oral quests. So I'm on Argus. I got revered with the Army of the Light. And trying to do that. I did all of the new McCree content. Macquarie. Macquarie. Whatever. Macquarie content. And I'm all caught up now. So just doing world quests on Argus. And life is life is good and well. So. Good. Interesting fact. I don't remember who told me this. And I don't remember where I heard it. But um, <laughs> Macquarie is actually supposedly named after the same person that McCree is named after. Apparently, somebody who works at Blizzard. Yeah, Vince told us this. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting fact. I didn't know. There you go. Uh, and it's, it's almost, after a game developer, right? Is that what yeah, said? I believe it's a game developer. It's that's uh, it's it, that's almost as interesting as like trying to find Coiter's name hidden because Coiter's name is hidden pretty much every everywhere. Uh, Coiter uh, was the last name of a dev who worked on uh, Early WoW and who passed mm-hmm. away. Uh, and there's a lot of like memorials and shrines to him across the games, and his name has been present in, I think, almost every Blizzard game up to this point. I'm not positive. Um, 
like trying to think in Heroes if there's any reference. I'm not positive in Heroes, but I know in StarCraft 2, uh, his name is the name on the dog tag mm-hmm. when you are uh, from the assault on Core Hall or whatever it was where you have Artanis and uh, Raynor talking. His name is also seen in Wings of Liberty, too. So that's interesting fact. I love little things like that. That's really, really interesting to me. Sorry. Awesome. Um, so is that it for you this week, buddy? That's it. Your turn. What about you? I have given up the ghost and bitching about Druid, and I'm playing Druid in Hearthstone now. You're, you're, you're a horrible you're person. You're the worst. I am a horrible, horrible person. I get tilted playing against Druid, and now I am playing Druid. You are the you tilt. are part of the cancer of the Hearthstone community. Well, I wasn't going to play Jade until I, I wasn't going to play it because they were like, "Oh, they're announcing nerfs," and I'm like, "Oh, it's probably going to be something to deal with, like the the dominance of Jade and Rizaka's priest right now." And Jade and Rizaka's priest didn't get nerfed at all, so I'm just like, "Fuck it, whatever." I'm just going to play Druid. I'm also building a Rizaka's deck right now too because I'm sick and tired of facing druid and razaka stacks on the ladder there you go so i am i'm fighting fire with fire okay 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 uh still playing warframe still doing all that bullshit and uh playing a bit of wow i haven't actually played as much since 7.3 launched um i'm having like a really weird latency issue when when 7.3 came out um my latency jumped from like somewhere in the 20s to 50s to like spiking up to almost 2000 milliseconds on the world server uh like 500 on the home server and then like settling back down in like the 400 range for both and it's like it's it's almost unplayable for me right now because i've got three or four seconds worth of delay anytime i do anything and it's just it's it's ridiculous as hell just open a ticket i believe i'm getting I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna post on the technical forums. Last time I did that though, that was for Diablo three. I was having a lot of issues with Diablo three and StarCraft, and I was like, like two years was, ago. I want to say, was it the launch of Diablo three? No, no, that was well, that was quite a bit longer than that. <laughs> um, no, it was during. Um, yes, we all know era eighty. Was it eighty two, eighty three? Uh, I can't remember, but I remember there was an error code eighty something. Um, but no, it was uh, not long after Co-op Commander came out in StarCraft 2. And I started having a lot of issues like with latency in StarCraft 2 and Diablo 3. So I- I'm just going to have to contact them. And then I'm going to have to contact my ISP and see if they can clear things up a little bit. Uh, and yeah, but I've, I've, I've completed the main storyline so far in Argus, despite being laggy every five seconds. So. I haven't had a chance to finish Macri yet. Um, Macri's interesting. It doesn't really add a whole lot to the story, though, from what I can tell. Okay. It had some story stuff in it. It does, but it's not, like, big blowout information. It's just, like, continuing the fight, basically. And I think it helped fill in some blanks of what happened in the past, too. Because it, does, I wasn't. it does give you a little bit of insight into the past of Argus and its inhabitants. Yeah, so pretty... I liked it. It helped round things out for me. Uh, I think that about covers the news this week. So, boys, do we have any sort of uh, listener feedback this week? Uh, we got stuff on Twitter from Lazy AI. Uh, All right, what's he got to say this week? So, his uh, his breakdown of last week's show. 
the mythical Nikolai replaces Chris. Uh, Kevin won't repeat questions. Gavril has a Korean itch and antenatal uh, sentiments plus Blizzard Phil Delmato? Felatio. Felatio? Felatio. Felatio. I can't read today. <laughs> Blizzard Felatio Finn. He does give us yeah. some <laughs> tips about uh, Argus, though. Okay. Uh, some tips for anyone returning for the Argus patch. If your class has a tank spec, use it for world quests and roaming Argus. A tank can't be dazed or dismounted, and even bad, even badly, badly hurt, badly hurt you, I cannot talk, you can survive most encounters. Uh, number two, the largest power and survivability boost on your artifact is the ring of traits around the concordance bubble. Get those first. I completely agree with that, actually. Um, and third, use your gear tokens to get head, shoulders, chest, legs, hands first. These slots have a higher stat budget. Rings and amulets should be last. I, I, I'm i of the opinion that, you know, you can add trinkets into that, into the first list, too. I would agree. Trinkets could be in the first list. Because, I mean, I I'll be honest, I got a Warforged, I, I bought a trinket because I had like an 840 trinket. I, I still had like an 860, ah, yeah, Arcano Crystal. I have an Arcano Crystal on still, an 860 Warforged one. And I got like a 915 or a 920 uh, faulty countermeasure before I realized that I still had my loot spec set to rep. Hmm. <laughs> But that's like an 820 faulty countermeasure. That's like, holy shit. I got a 932 holy relic, and I about shat myself when I saw the eye level. <laughs> Good shit, son. So nice. I would just go for anything that's under 910. Eh. Just me. Uh, well, well, what that what what that list is about is like aiming for specific stat budgets. Yeah, I mean, to yes, get, if you to have, get the, if you. Go ahead. No, you. <laughs> uh, the less essential is saying if you get these first, you'll get the most upgrade out of them depending on the stat budget because those items have the highest uh, main stat and then secondary stats among them. Whereas like rings have, they don't actually have main stat, or is it is it next? They don't have main stat. Rings don't. Rings and next don't have main Rings. stat, but they do have the secondary budget from the secondary stats. I get it. Okay. Lazy AI also sent in a long-ass email that we may or may not get to at the end of the show. Um, He has some quibbles about lore and prognostications about the future. So if you're interested, can we also post this in the show notes? Uh, Get permission first. Yes. Lazy AI, let us know if you want this posted. Okay. Uh, Moving on to LB's Corner. Um, LB has a comment here about the um, new Blizzard Arena that will be opening in Los Angeles. Um, he quotes Mr. Morheim, the CEO of Blizzard, We're at a tipping point for esports, and we look forward to helping usher in a new era of competition-based entertainment. And his comment is basically, this only has 450 seats. Like, yeah. what's the deal with that? What was the, what was the attendance for the International 3 what was the attendance for the League of Legends champion, World Championships back in, like, 2010 when they took out the Staples Center? Oh, here we go. International <laughs> 17, 2017. Uh, so the main event took place uh, in the fourth consecutive year at Key Arena, a multi-purpose arena in Seattle Center with a total seating of over 17,000. 
Yeah, but I think what they're going for here is that there's definitely going to be some people who want to join in person, but the majority of their viewership is going to be through Twitch or a streaming service. I mean, I get that, but I mean, at the same time, that's a very small... That's a very, very small uh, arena size. Yeah, but I, I mean, in terms of real estate cost and the amount of money they have to put out to buy this arena and build it and everything else. In Los Angeles. It, yeah, in L.A., it's that's a big deal. I mean, it, I wouldn't expect them to build a 10,000-plus stadium off the bat. This is the first one that it that exists in America, I think, or maybe the second one. I don't know. League of Legends held one of their world finals at uh, the Staples Center in LA. 15,000 people that place holds. And yeah. maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe this is the dedicated event, but if there's some, there's a huge event, maybe they'll use that or rent it out or whatever. I don't know. I think it's a good start. I mean, I I think we are at a tipping point for esports. I think, I think even BlizzCon is too small huge. for the events, the, the esports events that they had there. I mean, look at last year. Over, the Overwatch World Final was literally going out into all of the arenas and into the walking space. They had to cordon it off so people could stand outside in the walking areas watching it on the big screen. It was... These events well, should have fix bigger. These those these events should have bigger arenas. It, it's it's we're coming to a point where this kind of stuff is becoming very very much so more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Completely, and we definitely need to start seeing more uh, more size and the ability to present this in a much more grand format, so to speak. Yep, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice that they're having a dedicated place to, you know, host these events and, <clears throat> you know, don't have to worry about renting it out or, you know, having it. They just have it now. So we'll see yeah. what happens. I think it's a good start. I'm sure that we can build upon this as a community. And this will grow over time. Yeah, uh, I mean, I can see them trying to set this up sort of as starting as a test bed kind of thing, especially with the Overwatch League coming out. um, I doubt, you know, that they're not going to have like home team locations for too long, especially since these these teams are setting up within cities, specific cities. I feel like I can see them building a small format like this in each of the cities. I feel like Overwatch League should not have been announced when it was. It's just. I don't think it should have been. <laughs> they should have just kept it under wraps until they yeah. had everything ready. <laughs> it's taken way, way too long to build that out. They're st- I mean, they're still building teams. They're still selling team franchises right now. They're still That's actually, been a year. That was a year ago. They're still building the foundations. <laughs> yep. Uh. All right, and just a few shout-outs before we move on uh, to listeners this week from the U.S., United, United Kingdom, Australia, Denmark, Germany, Singapore. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the show. Yep. Um, yep. And one last quick shout out uh, to Frazzly from Frazzlecast because you basically made this week's show name because uh, I'm guessing it subconsciously got under our skins. And uh, that's why we're talking about uh, the Space Goats this week. So, Space Goats, coast to coast. Space mm. Goats, coast to coast. So we're talking about Space Ghosts from Space Goats from Space. The blue Russian <laughs> horned-tailed 
hooved jackasses of the universe, of which I play one. Um, so we're going to go into the news, though, real quick before we transition off into our main show topic. Uh, so, Kevin, you've got a goddamn book in here about WoW stuff. So why don't you go ahead and start talking about that? Yeah. So there's been a few things that have opened up this week on our Argus journey. One of those things is the evasion points. We now have evasion points that allow anywhere from three to ten people to join an instance, kill some uh, mobs, kill a boss, get some loot. Um, There's also a greater invasion point, which requires more people. Um, I've done several of these already. Well, one of the greater evasion, several of the regular evasion points. And I usually just get dropped in with a bunch of other people who are also doing them, and there hasn't been a problem killing the bosses. So definitely check that out. Um, A note here on the greater evasion points, they have a a chance to drop some high-level 930 loot. So definitely take take a look at that. Jesus, I can't. I caught whatever Chris has. None of us can talk today. Um, (laughs) You both caught the dumbass. It's like we haven't been talking for the past two fucking hours. All right. Anyway, so definitely check out the Greater Evasion Points. They have a weekly cooldown, so that should be in your world boss rotation. Um, Check that out on the Argus. Uh, A few other things of note here. On the Argus. (laughs) A few other things of note here. They are getting rid of Argus Waystones. So Argus Waystones was a currency, and you could turn them into Illidan. I just did this the other day, and he gave you some Veiled uh, Argonite crystals for it so um they're taking that out of the game and it won't be required to do a greater evasion point uh, invasion point so um if you do have any of the argus waystones they're going to give you some veiled argonite as a consolation prize they say specifically it's going to be a small amount of the veiled argonite now was the weren't weren't the uh the waystones what you used to get into the big one like you needed a certain amount and then it opened up the big yeah you had to unlock 15 yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it had like these a cap things, of forty or something stupid yeah. like that. I'm glad they got rid of these because I saw these as some world quest like rewards, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is. I'm just gonna get some. Somebody said before this week to just grab a bunch of them in case they're needed for next week, and they were. So I was able to like immediately turn in two rounds of this to Illidan for some crystals. So I I honestly hate the extra currencies. Because it's just like something else that I need to collect and something else to turn in. It's just it's pointless. Why can't they just make everything gold or Gav? Do you remember back know. in Wrath of the Lich King where they said we've got no ten no, currencies for no, this one expansion? No, no. <laughs> let's not do that no, again. <laughs> no, yeah. let's not have let's not have currencies for each individual like armor slot and then three different currencies for doing dungeons and raids and then like two or three currencies for pvp and then currencies for world shit no if you think about it every fucking patch is giving you a new currency now this is this is goddamn ridiculous it's fine to introduce some currencies it's just like let's never go back to wrath of the lich king in fact let's never talk about that currency system again because i really don't want to have to concern myself with farming making sure i'm capped on both valor and honor no that okay okay valor and honor that was cataclysm um sorry no not valor and honor it's a um there was um, badges tokens there was was badges for each individual tier and there was three tiers and then you had the basic ones it was so dumb uh valorous badges yeah we have three currencies right now it's called copper silver and gold yes okay Uh, 
two of those currencies don't matter. Yes. <laughs> two of those currencies haven't mattered in like five fucking expansions. Did they matter really? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, now, copper and silver, copper and silver mattered in vanilla a little bit into BC. But it never mattered past that. After Once you got to Wrath, copper and silver did not matter. I did not count my coppers or my silvers. I used to be careful and pick up every little item back in the day because it was like, oh my god, I need like another... I only need to, you know, sell 50 more bear asses to get myself to, <laughs> you know, to be able to buy my next uh, talent set from the vendor. Oh, those are right. the days. Yep. Moving on, moving on. Um, there's going to be a new set of gear that drops from uh, Rare Spawns in Argus. So it's going to be called the Zealous Bellslinger set. Uh, there's a set, set for each. There's a set for each armor type. Yeah. Okay. Uh, check that out. It's going to drop randomly from Rares. So, and I think you can actually buy some from the Legion War Supplies. Or and okay, so it's dropping from the rare spawns and also from the Legion War Supplies, which I'm assuming is the name of the chest. Yes, the chests are in Argus. Okay, so check that out. There's um, you can check like MMO Champ if you want to see what that looks like. There's also on that note, there's also a uh, a armor set, like a a purchasable armor set uh, of transmog, basically that you can find. Yes, I think uh, that's for the trans rares. I think it's killing the rares. Yeah, it's weapons. It's not armor set, but it's it's all the weapons. Uh, it's the light sworn armaments, I think it is. Yes, I believe so. And you get that from uh, killing all sixty one or sixty two rares or whatever it is. Okay. Um, going back a week, talking about news, they did a video called "Let's Play Patch Seven Point Three with the Dev." It's now posted to YouTube. This was something that they did during Gamescom, and they explained some of you know, the new 7.3 patch and some of the lore behind it. And they show you some screenshots and video of the dungeon that's coming out next week. Check that out. Link in the show notes. Good shit. Uh, they're going to be doing a great collegian dungeon race 2017. So I'm assuming that this is the um, mythic dungeon type stuff that they'll be doing at uh, BlizzCon. They, they're going to have something like what they did with Heroes of the Dorm, like a collegian event. So get your buddies together from college and instead of studying, run some Mythic Plus dungeons. You get that student debt, you. <laughs> uh, the Lucid Nightmare Mount was discovered. There is a long guide that we're linking to in the show notes on how to get the Lucid Nightmare Mount. It looks like a unicorn. Um, it takes it's a, a long time. unicorn. There's... <laughs> Not wrong. Uh, this has been kind of talked about at nauseam from other podcasts so check out the guide if you want to get it it takes a while to get from what i hear um a day it's or the two new Riddler's so. mind worm yeah yes so that's out and uh, finally next week in argus we have uh we're finishing the shadow of argus storyline we're unlocking all the world quests venturing into the new dungeon seat of the triumvirate and activating our nether like crucible so that we can all complain about not getting the right um, upgrades Talents. that we want yep. on our relics. Yay, so. RNG! Yay! <laughs> I've been saving. Pro- I have about ten of these at various eye levels, just sitting in my bank, waiting for the crucible to come out, so I can. I haven't upgrade them and see I what haven't. happens. Oh well, you should. I wasted my I, time with that shit. 
I'm not going to bother with it. I, I, I will take what comes. Exactly. Whatever. Screw it. All right. Well, besides half the fucking talents are locked behind AK level. So not AK. Um, Knowledge levels. Like talent level. Yeah. And half of it's locked behind talent level. So whatever. I don't feel like going and farming all the fucking AP for it. So whatever. Agreed. Okay. That's uh, it for WoW news. Let's move on. Uh, nothing new coming in Diablo 3, uh, except that we are still seeing, uh, the PTR up with all of the quality of life changes. I'm not positive when they go live. I think that's going live with the next season. Uh, so that will be season 12, 12 I think. I think that'll be season 12. That'll be coming out, uh, sometime soon-ish. Um, uh, we're still seeing a lot of crazy, stupid bullshit with uh, the Necromancer being really, really strong, and that's always great to see. Hey. Uh, in other news, we do have, uh, still in StarCraft, we still have the same crap going on uh, with the multiplayer balance. Uh, I don't really care about it because I only play StarCraft 2 for co-op mode nowadays. Um, I am not that Gosu. I am not that Korean. I can't really play StarCraft 2 that well, which is sad because I absolutely love the game. Uh, and we're also seeing... I, I'm going to go dig back the exact changes. I'm pretty certain I know all of them, but we'll talk the Hearthstone changes at the very right, right before we go into the main topic. So, uh, Karis, do you want to talk about Heroes of the Storm or Overwatch? Kill the Zad! Kill the Zad is live! I'm so excited. I've been playing um, a lot about my European account. He's a lot of fun, actually. He is broken as hell. He's bursty as hell. Um, but he's very, very squishy. So he's very. If you're, if you're one of those balls to the walls, just running like a crazy person player, you're not going to do well with Kiltzad. So it's basically, uh, Chromie two point oh. Chromie two point oh. Stay at the back and nuke. And you'll do fine, but he's got a lot of crowd control mechanics. Um, so far, his root ultimate seems to be the mo- the better of the two. Although the uh, global, me- yeah, the global spike one does seem to have its uses on certain maps and with certain team comps. Okay. Um, so both ultimates are very good and very strong and work in certain situations. So that's actually quite rare for a hero that both of their ultimate abilities are actually useful. Um, awesome. And with him going live, they did release a series of videos called Making of Kel'Thuzad. Um They're actually a lot of fun. I watched the first couple. I haven't watched all of them yet. Uh, but it's it's a, it's a mini-series. It's on the Heroes of the Storm YouTube channel. Yeah, it's very interesting to see the design that they've went into Kel'Thuzad because he's a big hero. He's a big, important hero. From Warcraft 3, through World of Warcraft, into Heroes. It's a big undertaking to get this guy right. He literally makes the Lich King. Yeah. Kael'thuzad is... He is literally the figure that sets the whole Lich King story in motion. Yep. Kael'thuzad is one of the biggest lore figures in World of Warcraft. Getting him right in Heroes of the Storm was important. I feel like they've done that, personally. I do. Good. Great to hear that. Uh, we're running a little bit long on the first half of the show, the news section, so we're just going to kind of 
blast through the Hearthstone part real fast. Uh, we are going to mention that uh, Overwatch did release a new comic, new digital comic. It's called Wasted Land. It tells the story of how Roadhog and Junkrat met for the first time. It's uh, pretty good. It's pretty good. I actually liked it. It was okay. I thought it was good. And uh, Hearthstone, uh, I'm just going to breeze through the nerfs real quick because every other Hearthstone podcast in the world or Hearthstone YouTube series or whatever has covered this ad nauseum. I would personally suggest uh, Frodan Firebat and Kibler on Omnistone, uh, Omnislash on their new YouTube channel because they go into a lot of in-depth detail about these nerfs. The quick and dirty nerfs are Innervate is now one mana crystal only down from two, so it's basically a counterfeit coin from Rogue and Druid. Uh, Fiery War Axe now costs three up from two, which is really going to change how aggro swings out, how fast aggro can swing out and control the board early. Uh, Hex is now four mana, so it is now in line with the other hard removals. Murloc Warleader now only gives two attack to your other Murlocs. It no longer gives the health bonus, which is going to be kind of an interesting sight to see and how that plays out in things like uh, Murloc Shaman and Aggro uh, Murloc Paladin, like mid-range Paladin. Uh, and Spreading Plague now costs six mana up from five. Uh, that is designed to prevent those early game swings where your opponent has a very wide board and you have no board and you just drop Spreading Plague. Honestly, these changes do absolutely nothing to affect the current meta for the most part. Um, all it's doing is it's neutering the aggro classes and making the controlly kind of classes a little bit better, like Jade and Rosakis Priest. So I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. These are all long-term changes uh, relating to basic and classic cards. I'm guessing it's trying to open up design space, but... Uh, Kibler and Frodan and Firebat have a much better read on the situation. They also bring in uh, Zalay. Uh, so that's that's four really huge Hearthstone players, uh, figures in the Hearthstone community talking about it. So I would suggest going and watch their video on YouTube. Uh, it's Omnistone, Omnislash. Uh, and with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into our main topic. Let's go. Since we've already talked about uh, the Blizzard Arena, which was the last thing we were going to talk about. We already mentioned it. Uh, we're going to jump into our main topic this week. We are... This was all prompted by Kevin sitting there and peppering us with questions, asking, who the hell is this? Who are those three guys? Why is this happening? And we're just like, fuck, okay, whatever. We're just going to do a show about it. Okay. Yeah, so there's a few cinematics at the beginning of Argus, and I feel like there's some stuff leading up to those two cinematics that are important to go through to understand what those cinematics are. We are not talking about the cinematics themselves because it is still semi-recent content, um, and hopefully we will get into that more in a later show. As and not we to already talked you. about it last week, too. So, Yeah, we briefly touched on the light rape. But we're not going to go into we spoiler uh, territory. We're not well, going to go into technically, technically, since you weren't here, we went into spoiler territory last week. But we'll avoid it today. I'm the spoiler, I'm the spoiler guy. I don't like people spoiling stuff. It annoys the hell out of me. So I, I try and make sure people don't do it. I'm pretty we, certain we gave a nice big spoiler warning last week before we, we started did. talking about this. So we did. So we, okay, it was, it was so, a very brief topic. So, but uh, yeah. So Kevin, you you had questions. Let's let's yeah. start with the questions you had. Okay, so we're going to go back in time a little bit, and you know they had part of the cut screen talks about how um, well. It had three of the space goats, the Draenei, 
mm-hmm. who like magically turn in the bad guys. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? How do they turn in the bad guys? What, is, what, what happened here? So I'm assuming this was something that occurred in the past and they're making reference to it in the cinematic. So let's go back to the very beginning and talk about, you know, how people turned into bad guys. Okay. Uh, so we'll start off with, um, so the demons that you're fighting on the burning legion that look uh, on the broken show that look like drain. I are called Eridar. The, uh, the Draenei are an offshoot race of those people, the Eridar. Um, the three that you're talking about in particular are Kiljaden, Archimonde, and Velen. Those were the three that were in the that you're that you're mentioning specifically. Um, okay. This long story short, Sargeras showed up at their doorstep, offering them power, uh, knowledge, and greatness. Um, but to do this, they would have to forfeit their rights and their and bend to his will and be a part of his. Burning Legion. Velen, so they had to bend the knee. Yeah, pretty much. They had to bend the knee. Okay. Velen wasn't too sure about this at all, being the smart one. Kiljaden and has a prophecy. And has a vision. visions, yes. Um Kiljaden and Archimond, not so much. They were they were they were okay with it. They were ready to drink the Kool-Aid. Um <laughs> Joe. <the child. laughs> um so with that. Uh, they became fell-touched. Uh, Sargeras imbued them, most of the of the Eridar race, with Fel, giving them demonic powers and linking them to the Twisting Nether. And eventually so then pulled... All of those guys turned into bad guys too? Pretty much, but not all of them. There is obviously still the Draenei. They still exist. And... Chris. There's a lot of... There's actually... If you, if you play through... Uh, and I just remember this, if you play through into Macquarie, uh, there's so many spoilers about how the Twisting Nether and Demons work. So, yeah, yeah, we're not, not touching mention that. that specifically because that like it completely retcons a lot of information and knowledge that we've had over the years. Yeah. So this event, when Sargeras comes down, that's called the Fall of the Triumvirate. Yeah, the Triumvirate. Yeah, the Triumvirate. Okay. Uh, the tri- so... Go ahead. I was just gonna say the Triumvirate is the seat of power and uh, of the the Eridar, which is Kiljaden, Velen, and Archimonde, the three leaders of the Eridar. The Triumvirate is three powerful okay. leaders. Those were the three. So they were just chilling on Argus, and then Sargeras comes out of the blue. He's like, "Hey, I got some power for you guys." And then Archimonde and Kiljaden are like, "All right, cool." And then Velen's like, Peace. "No, I don't know what you're selling." <laughs> Essentially, that's yeah. like the clip. Right. Notes yeah, version. that's like long story short. Yeah, that's that's how I need it dumbed down. I need it to that level. That's your TLDR. <laughs> is a giant exactly. glowy guy comes down, offers you power. You say yes. You're like one buddy says like nope, nope, nope. But nope, nope. by the way, when he sh- just like your pussy. when he shows up, he doesn't look like he's felt because Sargeras is fell uh, fell swollen. He's he's been scarred by fell all over. When he appears to them, he looks like he did. He looked like a honorable and powerful titan, not the fallen one. In fact, if I remember correctly, they have no idea what he looks like. He's just this glowing humanoid form, I think is how it was yeah. described. Well, how do you say no to that? Exactly. You need to remember, these like, are people it, that were uh, followers of the light and the arcane magics. 
these people see a being, and as far as they're concerned, of pure light, they're going to follow it. Velen was smart enough, though. <laughs> Velen had a vision. Yeah. Velen receives a vision uh, during this event that basically says, if you follow this figure, your people will fall and the cosmos will suffer. And he goes, well, nope, not touching that shit. Nope. Mama didn't raise no fool. <laughs> so, and, uh-huh. and his, his two buddies already have been turned into uh, fell touched demons or whatever. So I'm assuming that he's got to get the fuck out of there. So Sargeras himself arrives leading his legion and they basically invade Argus and with the assistance of Kill Jaden and Archimonde. Uh, and in, during this, Sargeras imbues them with fell power, and that's when the first of the Red Eridar show up. That is, that is the fell demonic, the fell touch demonic Eridar show up. Um, and Velen, in desperation, he didn't, he didn't think it was coming at this point. He, he still believed and trusted in his brothers, uh, the, the men he viewed as brothers, uh, Kil'jaeden and Archimonde. Uh, and in that moment, he, casts a desperate prayer into the cosmos and uh the naru heed his call and the wind they, chime people yes those goddamn wind chimes heed his call and basically and, and as you'll see in one of the cinematics uh they basically rapture them up to their dimensional fortress the tempest very rapturous kind of terrifying and weird super raptury <laughs> Um, so they, so, uh, this is, uh, this is, so this is where you then get Argus left behind, um, uh, which is, uh, Kirk Cameron's new movie series coming out shortly, uh, left behind Argus. Um, I thought the leftovers (laughs) was the story of this. Essentially. Uh, so they get raptured up to what we assume is Tempest Keep because, as we'll go through on the ships of them a little bit later, we'll talk a little bit about the various ships that we've dealt with. Um, Tempest Keep is their extra-dimensional, multi-dimensional fortress from which the Naru can go to many realities and many worlds. Um, it's, it's a giant crystalline ship array built by the Naru. Uh, they get raptured up, and Kill Jaden swears to hunt them down across all time and space. Uh, and to ultimately destroy them because he, because Kill Jaden and Archimonde feel that Velen has betrayed them. That's the interesting thing is they feel that Velen's betrayed them by running away and taking some of the people with him. Okay. Meanwhile, he was just trying to get out of there because his world was being overrun by demons. His vision stated, like, and, and the thing is, it's like in Kill Jaden and Archimonde's mind at the time, everything they did was perfectly rational. They sought power, they sought to make their their race powerful and strong so that they could, and, and you know, they were promised, you know, a place beside Sargeras and his legion, uh, in the coming war against uh, the void, essentially. Hmm. And, you know, they were promised a place of power and they said, that's a pretty goddamn good idea and agreed with it. And in their mind, Velen is just this traitor who won't commit to doing what's necessary. 
That's my read on it, at least. No, I'd agree with that. Because um, you, you do need to remember that Sar- Sar- everything Sargeras is doing is to fight the void. Yes, it's not it's not a good way to do it, but in his eyes and in the people that follow at least the Eridar, the, the, the ones that are the Eridar and the Nathrezim, they are, you know, he's doing this to deal with the void. The other demons aren't smart enough to really think about it or care, but the Eridar... Uh, okay, so the Nathrezim literally gives zero yeah, they fucks. Give zero they're fucks. just in it for the laws. Yeah, they're there okay. for the laws. Yeah. Who the hell is Nathrezim? Nathrezim are the, the Dreadlords. Hycondrius, Balnazar, Deathrock, Baramothras. Uh, and they're void? Baramothras. Not fell? They're not fell. They're, they're not fell, yeah. They're void. They're just evil, but they feed void. on they're void. They're just plain evil. They do feed on void. They do love playing with void magic. Okay. Alright, so uh, the space goats are chilling in the ship array of the Naru right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So at, at this point just... in the story, they they right. they have escaped Argus and they are in flight from their home people. And at this point, the Eridar that have escaped with Velen are destitute. They're they're destitute. They're depressed. They're sad. They've left their their home world, and they may never see it again. And in that time frame, they christen themselves much like Kalthos does with the. Calderai becoming the Cinderai, the the High Elves becoming the Blood Elves, they rechristen themselves, they rename themselves the Draenei, which in uh, Eridun means the Exiled Ones. Okay. Keep going. So that, that also um, separates them from the rest of the Eridar that were still on the planet. That it basically they... differentiates. It's their way of differentiating them from the original. They're way of saying we're not crazy demon people. Okay, are those guys still called the Eridar, the ones that are still on the planet? Yes, in fact, they are. Uh, you face Jaraxus, Eridar, Eridar Lord the of the Burning Legion. Legion. Uh... Okay, so do they just do the Draenei just stay on the ship array, or do they leave, or what do they do? Oh, they they have to let out there. They they hightail it the fuck out. They 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 go to they go to magical fantasy warp nine point nine and get the fuck out. Why don't they just chill with the Naru? Because the Naru don't technically exist. They're 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 beings of light and energy. They don't like have a physical form specifically. Okay, so they need to find like a home world. They need to find a place where they can put down roots and like lick their wounds essentially yes all right so where do they go um they go ahead uh, well for we don't actually have a time frame i don't believe but for a uh, 25,000 years ago roughly is when this happened okay well for 25,000 years roughly they bounce along from planet to planet settling down for a brief period of time before kill jaden shows up but they're able to escape every time before that before he shows up. And then, eventually... Oh, yeah, flipping through Chronicle. Well, for, eventually they show up on Draenor, which wasn't named Draenor. The Draenei named it Draenor. Um, they show up there. And crash land. They don't land. They full-on crash land. At this point, they're not in Tempest Keep. They're in the Ge- the Genadar, um, which is another one of the Naru ships. Um, and they full-on crash land on the planet to the point where the Genadar is 
The only thing that you can actually see on the planet's surface is the giant crystals sticking out of the side of the ground. Um, okay. So they can't, like, run from Kilgate anymore. They can't run anymore. They're stuck Yeah, there. they're stuck. Um, they build up a full... Ce- for the time being. Yeah, for the time being. They build up a full civilization. They're at peace rough. They're, I would, I'm not going to say peace. Actually, no, I'm not going to say peace. They're at a... They're at a neutrality, neutrality with the orcs on Draenor. It, it's, it's a non-aggression pact. That's a pact non-aggression pact with the orcs on Draenor. They'll stay where they are. The orcs will stay where they are. They, they trade. They did do trade between each other. But they just kept, they kept apart. Um, and then Kil'jaeden showed up. But not the same way he usually showed up. Previously he would show up and just kind of burn the planet. This time he was sneaky about it and spoke to Gul'dan and, and got him to uh, feed the orcs some uh, demon blood and turn them. So that the orcs would go after the Draenor. And wipe them out. Correct. Which they almost did. Uh, he, he basically stoked this racist, xenophobic uh, belief inside of the Draenei that inside of the uh, orcs that the Draenei were aggressive and they were getting ready to attack yeah. them. And it almost succeeded. They, okay. the, the massacre of the Draenei and the massacre of Shatrath specifically um, wipes, out the majority. wipes out the vast majority of Draenei. The only Draenei that still exist in the universe really are the ones that crash land on Azeroth um, and the very oh, wait, small so amount they, that's, on Dra- that's on Outland. So they build another ship and they leave. They... I can't... They, they you need to clarify this. Call upon the Naru once again. Yeah. They call upon the Naru and they give them the Exodar. Uh, okay, so not quite. Okay, so in Draenor, Tempest Keep actually exists in Draenor. Okay. Tempest Keep exists. Tempest Keep is a massive Naru array. Now, the problem is, is that the timeline relating to when the Tempest Keep arrives is kind of sketchy. Okay. But we know that Tempest Keep exists. Exodar is a satellite of the Tempest Keep. It is one of the the wings of the Tempest Keep. All right. Uh, after the destruction of after the uh, the well, I'm trying to figure out the words here after the rise of the Horde and the invasion and, and the slaughtering of the Draenei, uh, a group of Draenei. Uh, storm Tempest Keep. They get into Tempest Keep and they use that to. Now, are we talking? Okay, are we talking about the exile from Argus? Uh, exile from Draenor. Exile from Draenor. Yeah, I've yes. lost myself. Okay, so at that point, the exile from Draenor. Yeah, so this is after every all this bullshit's happened. The dark portals closed. All this other. God, this whole timeline is so goddamn murky, and I'm sitting here looking at Lead Chronicle right now. I know, now. I know, it's not completely clear. <laughs> so, I, wait, basically, basically, the orcs try to take over the Draenei and kill them. Yes. And the Draenei go to Tempest Keep and then leave on Exodar to Azeroth? Pretty yeah, right? pretty much. Okay. So they hightail it out of there, and they... I guess they have trouble flying these ships because they crash landed into Azeroth too. Not quite. This time it's a little oh. bit different. This time it's just one idiot driver. It, uh, it's the same idiot driver. <laughs> they have they have one pilot in the entire species. 
Crashes in the Draenor, crashes in the Azeroth. What the fuck's this guy doing? So this time, what actually happens is is that a uh, Naru falls to the void because of the fell corruption it faces, if I remember correctly. That sound about right, Kevin, uh, Chris? Uh, wasn't that the Naru, the Genadar? Was that the yeah, the Naru corruption one was the Genadar. Okay. Bad fortune report. The Prophet's Dilemma. Seven years before the Dark Portal, in the months after the Horde's formation, the clans rallied their warriors and began spreading attacks against Draenei hunting parties, news of these battles quickly reached Velen and the Council of Exarchs. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, the Benefactor. Blah, blah, blah. Blackrock Ascent. Breaking of Nerzul. Blade of the Shadow Council. The first so, yes. Mm-hmm. The, what ends up happening is they get onto the Exodar. They leave Draenor. They go to Azeroth. They somehow crash land onto Azeroth. Yep. Is that right? Correct. Okay, so now they're on Azeroth. Um, they are now on Azeroth. Okay. So uh, They crash okay. land on Azure Mist Isle, which is to the west-ish of Teldrassil, yes. which is the home of Darnassus, the home of the Night Elves. Okay. Yeah, and that's where it is in the world today, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. That's that's where the Exodar physically is. Yes. Okay. So obvious. So then, Kill Jaden. I'm assuming comes to Azeroth at some point and tries uh, to hunt them down there. Archimonde comes to Azeroth. Archimonde. Well, actually, is it does is Kill Jaden the one that destroys Dalaran, or is it Archimonde because he's the one that has sex with the tree? Remember? Yeah, that's right. So uh, Archimonde. <laughs> Personally, the sex with the tree has got to wait for a new a next episode. Um, I have so, got to get back to sex with the tree. I'm gonna <laughs> so, Archimonde personally leads a legion invasion uh, representing the Third War. Uh, in, and that's that's related to the Lich King and everything else. It kind of tech, kind of sort of touches on all of this stuff, um, but post Third War into the world of Warcraft, the world of Warcraft. Dude. Uh, this is going to be the most disjointed episode to edit, yeah. by the way, ever. Just telling you that right now. Oh, I'm not uh, editing any of this. <laughs> this is going in as is. This is going in as... This is gold! Well, um, alright, so hold on a second. They crash land, some, Archimon comes down, and he tries to Okay, so no, Archimon is before this. Archimon's before this, but the Legion knows of... Yeah, Azeroth. they've known for 10,000 years. When, yes, okay. so when the Exodar falls, following the events... Of Vanilla WoW, which is the uh, opening of the Gates of Ankaraj and Naxxramas, the Dread Citadel, appearing. Uh, that Those basically kind of represent the end of original Vanilla WoW, uh, with the Burning Crusade being the events that follow that after a couple, after a couple of years. So the Exodar crashes after that point, and the Blood Elves go there and attempt to basically take everything they can find. Um, and a legion invasion, uh, a legion, a small legion force attempts to destroy the remaining Draenei that exist. That's the storyline you get in Blood Mist Nazarist mm-hmm. Isles. So, where does this start to connect to what's been going on in Legion and Power. literally sets up everything that's going on in yes. the Draenei's arrival basically gives us the impetus push 
eventually to travel to Argus. Um, Velen crash landing on Velen and the X Star crash landing on Azeroth gives us the means to get to Argus. We had no idea how the hell we were going to get. We to didn't Argus. even know Argus existed before they landed. Yes, but the events of Legion in the Exodar, the 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 portion that takes you inside of the Exodar, where you fight Rakish and the mini Fell Destroyer. R.I.P. Rakish. Um, yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Rip. Uh, rip. 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 Buddy. Rip. Buddy. And your single pauldron, <laughs> which I still wear proudly. Um, those events are what directly lead to Velen basically going, "Fuck it, I'm done looking at the future. I'm looking at the now, and we're taking our ass to Argus." Where he then gets the Zenadar, which is the ship that you are... Is it the Zenadar? Yeah. Zenadar. Vindicar? No, Zenadar is the other ship. It's the only light ship. Yeah, the Vindicar. Vindicar. Yeah, we're in the Vindicar now. Yeah, uh, where he commands Rommel to begin construction on the Vindicar. Essentially, the Exodar Uh, had a baby. The Exodar had a baby? It's horrible! Um... And you use that ship, and that's what you use. That's what Illidan uses to propel you to Argus. That one's been out for a while, so that's not a that's not a spoiler. I know we knew that. Okay, <laughs> just making sure we were clear on that one. The Vindicar uh, is like the taxi to Argus, right? Yes, it is essentially the Griffin. Okay. Uh, it is also your mobile garrison slash class hall. All right. I mean, I think that that. That's a pretty that sums it up and gets us to Argus pretty well. I mean, we have some other stuff about Army of the Light, but I want to save that, I think, because we can get go into that oh, later. That's we had a I knew we were gonna be like specifically talking if I knew we were gonna be talking like specifically, just specifically about the Draenei and the and the exile and the exodus, I would have done a little bit more pertinent <laughs> notes. Our, our 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 show notes this week are very, very light. We're going to have to do Space Goats Coast to Coast uh, Part 2 Electric Boogaloo at some point. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that that helps me understand more about the history of the Draenei, which are, you know, obviously prominently featured in the Argus patch and are the reason why we're going to back to Argus, their homeworld. Oh, my God, um, Chris, we are going to get so many non-existent angry emails and tweets about all the inconsistencies. Well... You know what? See if they didn't fucking wreck on every five minutes. We're not rolling. Um, I still believe I, I am a revisionist. I believe firmly that the Eridar corrupted Sargeras, not the other way around. Yeah, so that was the original believe, that I, was the original version of the Draenei. The Eridar no, not even the Draenei, because the Draenei and the Eridar were two different people completely. Uh the Eridar mm-hmm. originally corrupted Sargeras. Yeah, I I, I, I am a reductionist. I I am a reductionist, sir. I believe very firmly that the manual is a literal living, is a literal set in stone document, okay? The game manual for Warcraft 3 is a set in stone document. (laughs) All right. Well, Chris and Gavril, thank you so much for that background and lead up. I think that really does help fill in some of the blanks. Uh, because yeah, I haven't played that long and I don't know all, you know, these things weren't occurring in real time. Some of them when I was playing the game. So very cool. Most of what we told you in regards to the past of the Draenei 
everything up to when Gav said vanilla, you can read that in Chronicles Volumes 1 and 2. Correct. So if you are interested in lore, the 100% best thing to pick up for anybody listening is Chronicle Volumes 1 and Volume 2. Volume 3 comes out in March. So. Yep, March of next you year. you got time, nice. people. All right, let's move on to Don't Do That. Chris, do you have any uh, Don't Do That? Uh, uh, Chris? <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Chris. I'm Gavril on the show, uh, yeah. remember? Uh, I was going to say, uh, I was going to just agree with what you put from me last week. Don't have kids, people. Don't have kids. <laughs> we made that for you. Yep. All right. uh, Kevin, what's your Don't Do That? Um, my don't do that is don't stick around when they say to evacuate. So, uh, if you're in Florida and they say evacuate, evacuate. Why not? There you go. Living is fun. Yeah. Living part. is, living is kind of overrated though. Honestly, <laughs> kind of overrated. I could do without it sometimes. I mean, I, I honestly don't know how many pieces of plywood and sandbags are going to help prevent 150 winds from, I don't know, knocking your house down or killing well, you. I don't know. Interesting fact, you know they're estimating that the 275 trillion gallons of water that was dumped on Houston, I think it was trillion, I think it's a trillion or a billion, I don't remember, that was dumped on Houston during uh, Harvey, uh, they're estimating it lowered the crust of the surface of the area down by two centimeters. Crazy. Yeah. A lot of water. Yes, it is. Uh, and my don't do that is uh, more of a tired, played out old meme that nobody knows. Uh, but it's Yo Dog. We heard you like hurricanes, so we put a hurricane in your hurricane. Speaking of uh, funny old things, <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of, uh, remember the Draenei that crashed into the to the to, to Azeroth? There is a Draenei female joke that I really, really like. It's something like. Um, uh, stop and ask for directions, I told him. But no, it's interdimensional, he said. What could go wrong? Turn to a planet. <laughs> it's because men won't stop. I mean, I just, I just found out that the Dre and I have more in common with Asians than I <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that is some outright stereotype bullshit, son. I think Chris is dead. I think he just killed Chris. Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> that is some outright shit, son. Damn. Uh, I'm, I'm joking, obviously. I don't think obviously you are. Not. I don't think you are. Asians are fine drivers. <laughs> what, next you're going to suggest they get put in the high-risk pool? Let's let let's uh let's finish up today. And on that note, <laughs> that's gonna be it for our show this week, folks. So talk to us during the week. You can find us on Twitter. The show is at Azeroth CTC. Mister Kevin, this xenophobic <laughs> bastard, stereotyped and son of a bitch, is at Swingcat with a K. Mister Chris is at Akari underscore Mag. I am at Gavril underscore Et. You can email the show at AzerothCTC at gmail.com. Visit our show. Visit the website at AzerothCTC.com. And you can just review on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever. We'd love to hear your uh, thoughts and feedback. Please tell us just how badly we butchered and fucked up this whole show. Uh, and, send all, uh, send all uh, complaints about shot. the xenophobia and racism to uh, Swing Cat. Thank you. 
at Swingcat, uh, like <laughs> bomb his DMs. Oh, so uh, yeah, just have fun with that, guys. Uh, that came out yeah. of nowhere. There. God, <laughs> God, Jesus! This is a family-friendly no show, you fuckhead. No ill intent was, uh, <laughs> you know, thought about when uh, saying that. Right, so. you're, you're just digging yourself yep. deeper, Kevin. Digging just that digging hole. yourself deeper. Keep digging that hole. Uh, that's going to be it for our show, y'all. Have yourselves a wonderful day. Say bye, folks. Stay safe, people. Bye.